The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Good morning and you're on the Deadline Report with Ben Vigin Investigates. We're going to be a bit of an eclectic show today. I'm just going to start off with a few things which we're going to be looking into this year and where my thought process has been coming from. One kind of thought you said it'd be a good topic to come into. So one of the things that we're going to be looking at is AI. Uh, AI, of course, is featured previously. I think I've talked about the fact that we're now only 90 seconds from uh, midnight. That's the point where we face some form of man-made extinction event. Focus on nuclear weapons, but AI and climate change definitely occurred and the three are actually very much directly related it's becoming increasingly kind of aware to those who pay the attention that fossil fuels is one cause of climate change contributes to it i'm not I'm sure there are people out there go oh no no well i'm 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 sorry i'm not i'm not getting into the whole issue or the the the, the finer details about which degree climate change is the cause and which other factors come into it but i will say from my position that i'm i'm sufficiently happy with the data to say that fossil fuels are definitely contributing factor towards climate change and at the very least the pesticides and poisons the pollutions that they enter into the environment probably aren't that great for us either the combustible engine has not been man's friend and of course you know we actually also look back to things like nikola tesla and we also look at the combustible revolution where they actually really looked at the speeds which steam power was attaining it was even quite impressive at that particular time so it's always shocked me in this whole area is your solution towards climate change that that's actually not one of the things that's been thrown about. But then again, we don't really talk about hemp unless it's in some mass industrial situation where megacorp get. And that kind of is the whole issue about climate change as it is at the moment is that the response and narration is being controlled by the third way. John Pilcher, who's another person which we'll be doing a show on this year, I'm going to cover the, the various books that John Pilcher's written, the various documentaries he's covered. Probably one of the most influential people in my life. I had the great privilege to interview John Pilcher in 1995. So we'll be looking at what he describes about the third way, which is the third way is the what we use Zealand is Rogernomics, which was then exported to the United Kingdom via Tony Blair, via New Zealand graduates of Waikato University, Victoria University. I'm sure you know one name particularly very well was handpicked for that job. But Pilcher describes the third way as basically this kind of idea that the corporates are effectively hijacking all the identity politics on the liberal side and they're using this, oh, aren't we being very liberal? Why they go about the process of actually continuing to pollute the planet, bomb the planet's people, carry out massive grotesque levels of human rights abuse. And of course, the main thing is that the wealth continues to be centralised. And of course, so I always like this whole thing about this conspiracy theory and, and the Donny Kruninger effect, which other oh, people talk about a little bit. It's basically, that's a, if you know a little bit of information, you're dangerous. But I'm always kind of amused by the people who cite the Donnie effect, pronunciation aside, kind of really don't realise that, you know, a lot of their, their own critique on what we might call the conspiracy theory is actually their own lack of understanding of basic geopolitical and economic issues, which, you know, we, there is a region we call it the Fortune 500 because these are the countries, companies that own the massive amount of the pie. There's a reason why we talk about the 0.1%. It's, it's not actually a conspiracy theory at all. It is actually a natural process of, process of a machine, the corporate consumer's machine, which the third way doesn't want to actually acknowledge. It's very much like that, very similar to neoconservatism. Neoconservatism is basically, oh yeah, big oil, all big money, big war, cut down the rainforest and money money is king. And they don't have very good marketing, but at the end of the day, they're both basically, your neoliberals and your neoconservatives ultimately believe that the marketplace is, is the winner. And the difference is that neoliberals are better marketing and they're very good at actually taking the social identity politics of liberalism and coming up with a sort of, would you like liberalism with coke and fries on the side of it? This uh, 
a third way is kind of basically what we look at when the issue of the coalition of climate change is that instead of actually looking in terms of a genuinely liberal attitude, which is actually what we're seeing is mass exploitations of the resources, which match with mass exploitation of the workers, the third way doesn't want to talk about the actual fact that there's still a bunch of rich fat cats at the top of the food chain. This is where we get into the whole issue again about things like climate change. It's increasingly pointed out that nuclear weapons, you can't have a cold war and fight global warming at the same time. So good old US Biden turns around and says, oh, we're going to cut this $4 billion pledge to carbon change. And then we look at half of it's going to the nuclear industry and they talk about that three quarters energy was going to be on nuclear. And then when you examine exactly where it's going, you go, wait a minute, this is going to the industry that's actually also producing the depleted uranium, which is going to be used in combat fields like the Ukraine, which is John Pelch has pointed out during the Iraq killed between half a million and a million people just during the conflict and is destined to kill another. In fact, it will keep killing for thousands of years. This is literally polluting your planet, pooping in your own backyard. You know, this is where the whole thing about nuclear and climate change are very increasingly becoming very joined at the hip. And as, and as we also realise this, and I've previously written in 2015, this particular claim, well, what about all the nuclear weapons? Well, now they're actually, the data's coming in and they're going, actually, nuclear weapons are actually one of the major contributors to the carbon issue, the Pacific carbon issue, because again, people get play all sorts of wordy, slidey games with carbon footprinting, but to our rising, basically, temperatures. And a lot of that damage caused from the nuclear, there's been over 2,000 nuclear bombs exploded since World War II is damage that cannot be done irreversibly. And certainly not if you want to do it and actually have a planet where you continue to have McDonald's and Coca-Colas and consumerism. Because again, all of this is geared up. What we need, people need to understand is that John Pelcher will talk about the unpeople. This is the vast majority of people in the world who will never make a telephone call, who never own a Netflix account. We go around going, oh, look, this is the price of living. So expensive. We go to our, our cafes with our cappuccinos and we look at our phones. We have no idea. Actually, we are in this in this Hunger Games. We're not quite District 1. But we are with we are the service industry to that that district one, and we actually benefit a lot of our lifestyle is built on the back, as John Pilch has pointed, all very much early on on the back of these unpeople. And this, of course, begins with the uh, big, big, huge corporations uh, who today make up that they're extremely uh, neoliberal and very hip, hip it, you know, hip buy these hip Nikes while we cut down the rainforest and come up with these formulas that make us sound like that we're carbon friendly when actually it's all basically bollocks accounting and it's, it's image laundering of the worst kind and that's where we're at and so we will be looking at this particular phenomenon so we'll be talking about AI we'll be talking about the climate change and, and nuclear the whole nuclear we- weapons issue join at the, the hip we will be looking at the role of AI and, and one of the things I want to try and concentrate on the show I do on AI coming up in the next couple of weeks amongst some, a lot of some really good guests I'm going to have you is about the fact that there is there is an issue here that's been lost some people is that the issue isn't that the AI itself is intrinsically bad if AI is programmed by dumb Door and Frodo Baggins and Spock from the, from the United Federations planet. I'm sure that we're going to have a wonderfully amazing bright 21st century and all the resources will be distributed very properly and we'll forget about the lie that is Malthusian economics. However, if the algorithms are being controlled by the military industrial complex and by the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund and their private finances, the people that want to tell you that Coca-Cola is carbon friendly, the people that want to tell you to basically accept that you're going to be taxed more and more as they send rockets to consume massive amounts of carbon into the sky with along with natural resources to look for natural resources 
resources and to wage war from above at an incredibly, horrifically automated, AI-driven level and also with a huge cost to our carbon footprints. So we'll be looking at this particular factors and we will take a little bit of a break while I tell you about some of the guests that we're going to get coming up that I've booked for the next eight, nine weeks and some of the other little shows which I'm very keen, topics I'm going to actually have a look and we're going to play with The Futures Are Looking Bright. This is Ben Vigin on the Deadline Report, care of Fresh FM.
And you're back on the deadline report with Ben Vigil Investigates, care of Fresh FM. So our other basically planned guests at this point, everything's subject to uh, weather, finance and uh, the gods. Uh, our guests will include this year. In fact, before we get the guests, I'm also going to look at some very interesting shows. I'm actually doing one show at the moment, which is looking at the role of early Atlantic technology. And what I'm going to be getting into that show is that the level of technology that I was operating in the early Greek period was I believe actually there's a lot of the science coming out that was actually a lot more sophisticated and mass scale than we believe. And this has a number of ramifications and we'll be talking about that in relation to Atlantis. And when I talk about Atlantis, I'm going to be talking about it in relation to some of these bolt hole billionaires that are coming down to New Zealand and how they're very keen to get into all this whole AI and quantum technology or quantum gold. And basically what I'm talking about in Atlantis is that we've always assumed that Atlantis is a big death ray and it caused them all to come up collapse. But from some of the archaeological digs that we're now discovering, it's actually may have been that that may have itself been a metaphor for the collapse of their financial system. And that was then, and this is now that we're going to look at, is that the metals which they were minting in this early Greek period indicate basically very specific ways. So you're minting coins that have unique recipes, so they can't be duplicated. So what you're able to do from that is you're able to create a scarcity of resource and you ended up with a, a substance, which Plato talks about and again, reinforcing the idea that Atlantis probably was more of a metaphor than necessarily a physical place itself per se, more of a, an idea and a people than an actual location. Again, something that sort of Stanley Lee makes a point of when he describes a, about, instead of Atlantis, he talks about the Viking pantheon, but it's the same idea that these are metaphors. But in this case, they developed a, a currency of alloys, which also has a very much an interesting Golden Bay technology because something very similar is done here, which we'll talk, talk about in that as well. But it's about creating a scarcity where if you had the recipe, you could create a substance worth more weight you could literally turn lead into gold the alchemist's secret wasn't necessarily actually literally turning lead into gold but it was coming up with alloys that just simply couldn't be duplicated and you're able to create scarcity of economy which is kind of what all these new fourth age uh, bolt hole billionaires are very much involved in and they're talking about literally again about quantum gold literally creating a kind of a crypt crypto digital currency that is in turn physically backed up by a bitcoin currency which is actually run by a volcano so effectively if you can crack the only way to basically destroy that currency and therefore scarcity is by cracking the crypto codes which you can only do if you've got massive quantum technology which takes excessive amounts of energy or you're able to destroy the volcano and that's an interesting concept too which you can either take in a literal or metaphorical way but we'll be talking about that in relation to the, I said, you know, looking what the really the whole point of that show is going to be talking about explaining how currency and economics works in terms of if you have supply and demand and then you also have scarcity demand. So we'll go into these shows and they'll be very interesting shows. And I hope to find up a few little esoterical. I'm doing a lot of research in the gold industry at the moment as part of my um, current international book project. And in fact, our guests will include people that I will be talking to when I go to the, hopefully all goes well and get a lot of ducks in a row. We'll be going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year and Scotland and the United Kingdom and we hopefully if all goes well we might make that to the United States and maybe to parts of South America and Australia as well so we'll be bringing some very very cool guests from there but in the more immediate future we're going to be covering a lot of the treaty issues so we're going to be bringing up with you Stephen Tafiti who's one of the original negotiators of the treaty settlement and we will also be talking to Professor Jack Fowles who will be talking about the co-governance and again he is one of these very very stupid men that he is not full 
fooled by the third way that I explained to you earlier on the neoliberalism. Let's call it neocon, but we'll dress it up and make it sound like we're lefties. We're in actual fact, all we're trying to do is rip you off again. Jack Vowles is, is a, uh, an, an intellect who sees beyond that, and we're going to be talking about the fact that co-governance is a really, really good thing and isn't something that uh, any particular ethnicity should be afraid of, as long as we understand, of course, what the issue of about what co-governance actually is. And we also are presented before it happens what the issue of its accountancy and transparency is. You can't just create a government and then expect people to go along with it. That's actually not people by the government for the people. That's actually government by the tyrants, which is actually very much goes against our constitutional mechanics, which is said uh, seem to fit in love. We'll be going and explaining to why the treaty is very much a, a wonderful part of New Zealand's very unique constitutional mechanics and how in turn those constitutional mechanics really do stand up for the whole world when you fully understand them as a role model to really stop the beast of neoliberalism, neoconservatism and ensure that there's also mutually not just protection for the people of the land but for the land itself and this doesn't need to be something that we, we, we are afraid of as long as of course it comes with checks and balances. We will also be talking to the uh, staggeringly and clever uh, and amazingly knowledgeable uh, Michael Field who has been an independent journalist who uh, what he doesn't know about the Pacific isn't actually worth asking so we will also be talking to him about what the superpowers are up to and he'll be explaining how some of these stories which are presented in our local national corporate media once you understand how to read between the neoliberal spin doctrine you'll start to understand the actual fact that what they're doing is something very actually very racist and actually part of the second wave of colonialism which again is something that Stephen Tafiti and I'm sure Jack Valls will all agree is taking place is the corporates march on but are very good at using identity politics as a human shield so it's going to be a great pleasure to bring on these very very esteemed uh, highly award winning highly credentialist people who have great authority and fantastic sources to back them up we'll be hopefully also be tapping into the arts we've got some great guys from the cafe some other people have just been doing some really good community artwork involving the arts so this should be a pretty bloody good show that we're actually having this this year with our guests we bringing on Richard Tippett we have brought beforehand now Richard Tippett is uh, on the, the role model of his very believes that climate change is happening he's he's probably much more conservative in his views than I am but it's always very good to talk to Steve because we, we're able to kind of where we agree is the fact that, that climate change is and we have many things we disagree on but where we, we, we agree is that climate change has really been hijacked by these people that fly to Davos to stay in $10,000 hotel rooms having flown in on private Lear jets and having owned rockets that they launch into want to have luxury hotels in space and you know when you fire one of those things they use up more carbon footprints in, in, in the five minutes than 70% of the people on this planet will use up in their entire life but that's okay because they're billionaires and they're allowed that privilege welcome to the new new Rome the new normal as John Pelch talks about so we'll be pulling back that uh, the Davos factor with these guys that eat their $45 hot dogs while they talk to us about eating insects which by the way are not all bad actually I've, I do hope on my travels around this year to actually talk to one of the previous Fortune 500 gentlemen who actually has a wonderful farm where snails are part of it was what he, um, he herds up and I've tried snails and I tell you what I have no problem living on snails at all and in fact great many part of the French people have for years so again be careful when you start to listen to alternative media that's actually coming from funded by groups that we associate with media work or the National Party or the ACT Party don't be surprised when they try to tell you that socialism is a terrible thing and look out for those evil commies that want to send you to Agenda 2030 because as John Pilcher again will turn around a socialist will point out is that most of the people that have actually hijacked the United Nations to use the pretext of global warming to actually carve up the planet so that it's part of their corporate share portfolio have got nothing to do with socialism and everything to do with mega corporations. In fact, we'll also be probably doing a show at some point on New York. And it's really interesting because I've just, I'll end this with a moment. I've been watching lots and lots of episodes of Barney Miller this summer season has been my light escapism 
and actually been quite staggeringly amazed at the cleverness and intellectualism of that early sitcom which came out at the same time as a wonderful uh, drama by Sean Wallace he's the man we all recognise from The Princess Bride which was made in 1981 which pretty much forecasts the idea of urban developers returning cities so that they, they become actual basically prisons and we become wardens in our own prisons and it actually is a combination which ultimately also kills down the homogeny of speech and intellectualism and art while machines do this all for us and we just become ourselves part of the we just become meat cogs in an organic machine which again gets the whole issue about AI because there are actually two models of AI and I've been listening to game watching think movies like left it all behind and don't look up and there's little, little things sort of you know snippets glimmers you know the opposite of conspiracy theory if you like it's the thing where you get people actually you know seeing out positive I mean and it's basically this story about the global elite themselves being afraid of what's happening in terms of the being the grip of something which you could identify as being either an AI machine or just the nature of modern corp- corporatism which as I said is you know, very good at hijacking identity politics so that it just keeps on doing what its base program is which is to make more money and consume more and more of the planet every year and there are a lot of these writers which I refer to often older Huxley or Orwell Arthur Kessler's The Call Girls and I said these, these New York com- comedy uh, writers and satirists that I like to talk about which talk a lot about organic process of, of uh, basically an economically driven or programmed AI works on a very very similar form energy input in terms of you know currency uh, is and uh, value is always equated to the amount of energy resources goes into that currency it's scarcity resource the ability to actually make that resource so that's when you get into things like you know Bitcoin okay Bitcoin oh it makes all these particular money but at the moment current Bitcoin takes $1,200 to make one Bitcoin so it's actually not a very good it's a bit of a fool's game until you can actually come up with an energy source which is able to actually become a lot cheaper aka the, the volcano but again all these things that we talk about in terms of labour is an energy force so again when you look at capitalism all these things all actually always return back to a set form and it's almost like a, a universal law that you can't actually break the question therefore becomes that ultimately the end of the output the only way it's really breakable is that the current format that we're stuck in the permutation that we're stuck in is the Malthusian economics of supply and demand there are not enough resources on the planet and the consumers are matching it whereas the reality of other economist models that we'll examine is the idea that actually no it's not the issue of how many people on the world it's about the question about how those resources have been distributed which then relate, relate to how much energy we are actually getting and so on and so on you, you'll get the idea as I, I break it down for you but anyway that's where we're heading this year AI climate change bit of international travel a lot about gold a lot about the treaty and democracy and accompanying with the values of accountability and hopefully just talking to some really really clever and creative people give us a better understanding of the world without any of you of us actually having to agree specifically what they're saying and I think today I'm going to play on the idea that I'm going to be traveling around the world and seeing all these amazing people. I'm going to actually play the theme song for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And you're on the Deadline Report with Ben Virgin Investigates, Cure of Fresh FM. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Should come to this, we try to warn you all, but oh dear. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect for all the natural wonders that grow around you. So long, so long, and thanks for all the things.
those nets or tune their feet. We thought that most of you were sweet, especially tiny tops and your pregnant women. So long, so long, so long, so long, so long. So long, so long, so long, so long.